Welcome to another episode of A Woman's Worth with Ms. Rashanda White and Dr. Pamela Foster. A woman's worth is being informed. A woman's worth is being educated. A woman's worth is being aware. A woman's worth is knowing how to prevent disease and have optimal health. Welcome listeners. Today we have our guest, Sharika Williams with Five Horizon and Ms. Brianna Williams with Five Horizons. Today, we're going to talk about National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day, which is February 7th. Welcome to the show, Brianna and Sharika. Thank y'all for having us again. It's always a pleasure. Sure. Welcome. Welcome. Yes. Yeah, so, Sharika, we're going to talk. You've been uh, um, guest on our show many times, and <laughs> and uh, we know that you are um, with, 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 with MAO, which was um, formerly, um, which is now Fiverrise, I'm sorry. And so you have a new role, basically. And I know when you would come on with us in the past, we talked a lot about PrEP. And so now we're coming on to talk about National Black HIV AIDS, National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day. So talk to our listeners about what is it, what's the theme of this year um, for National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day? So yes, um, this year's theme is Engage, Educate, and Empower. So um, this holiday has uh, was first celebrated in 1999 and designated for the day of um, February the 7th. So I um, think it's so important to continue to celebrate this holiday because what made them first want to start celebrating it was because, um, Black people in the HIV community were being affected, being affected differently than our counterparts. So even in 1999, they noticed that our numbers were higher um, and we're still dealing with the same things in 2024. So we wanna make sure that we're pushing the message of um, engaging the black community for the, for the most part. And I think uh, prevention and education at Five Horizons is really trying to do a great job of doing that by um, getting um, black people to be a little bit more proactive when it comes to their sexual health and encouraging um, people to get tested and know their status and not be afraid of their status. Um, and that's where that linkage into care comes in. So anytime we're out in the community and we're doing testing, um, we just wanna encourage people that regardless of whatever your result is, it's okay because you know, and now you know what to do next. Yeah, let um, me just break down on Sharika, love that. Uh, that you uh, talked about Blacks being disproportionately affected. But can we break it down with numbers so people really understand it? Because I think, uh, especially since COVID has been around, HIV has sort of gone in the background. And we still don't really understand. I think the Black community doesn't understand how disproportionately it affects our community compared to others, especially white, other white, uh, the white community. Numbers-wise, what does it look like in Alabama? Do you know new cases of HIV? Out of 10 cases, how many are going to be Black? Um, absolutely. So I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm not a numbers person off the top of my mind. But <laughs> give me a second. Just estimate. Estimate. Um, estimate. I know it's about four. It's more one, than that. It's more than one, that. I was going to say at one point. At one point. Yeah, yeah one, one point. point. Yeah. More than that. I think it's like, is it six now? It's more than that. 
Um, I think if we go based off of um, just racist or new infections, um, we make up 61% of new infections, mm -hmm. while um, white people are making up 30%. Mm -hmm. Latinos make up 4% and um, other. So, be so 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10. More than half of the new yeah, cases yeah. of HIV so, yeah, are 10. in Black folks. It used to be 7. Mm -hmm. That's why I said more than 6. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's gone down a little bit, which is great, but it's still disproportionate because mm -hmm. how many, what's the percentage of Blacks in the state of Alabama? Um, I would not know that answer. Yeah, 20, it was 20, 26%, 25%, right? about yeah. 25%. Right. You know, uh, on our other side, Georgia is like 30, 30% Blacks. Right. Mississippi, 30% Blacks. We're about 25, but we still, we're not 60%. We don't make, make up 60% of the population. So why is it that the new cases are so disproportionate in, in Black folks? And for, for us, we have to really understand how the, because the numbers do matter. I, I hear what you're saying, Sharika, about the numbers, right? Percentages and all that, new cases. And it's so confusing because you'll hear people say that HIV uh, in the Black community is affecting women more than men. That's not true, right? Um, I wouldn't say that it's, a, it's affecting women more than men, but you have Black um men who sleep with other men being the number one and then black women right. fall correctly, like fall right. directly under that at number so, two. So statistics, it is true that black women are just are the highest case, cases in women, right? Black women make up more cases in the category of women. Yes. Then but when you look women. at the black community, it's black men who are being disproportionately affected right. more right. than black women. So we just have to be careful when we're we're because we want people to really understand what's happening. Yeah. So I just wanted to make that point because this is why that education is so important. Right. And, and even and, when we yeah. break it break it down, you know. When you talk about Alabama, and that's why mm -hmm. this show particularly focuses on Montgomery because a lot of new cases is coming out of Montgomery. Right, 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 right. right. Mm -hmm. And the, and the thing that's so interesting to me is, um, you and know, this, to this disease has been going on what forty years. Mm -hmm. It's changed drastically over the forty years. The demographics have changed. You know, initially when it first came out, blacks weren't affected. It was mainly right. white gay men, right? Right, right. There were some, there were some pop subpopulations of blacks, like Haitians and some others, but and and a lot of people are still stuck in the uh, initial uh, pandemic that happened in the eighties, right? They're right. still stuck on that knowledge uh, of of what was happening in the eighties. So now we know over the, that forty year period, the black community is disproportionately affected and highly affected by this disease. And we still got to get that message out. Right, it has right. not gone away. Uh, it's not going to go away unless we do some prevention activities that you were talking about, Sharika. It's so important for the community to really, really understand that. Right, right. And, uh, and to your point, Dr. Um, Foster, talk about, you talk about prevention. And um, as it relates to pre prevention and the issues with preventions, and we talk about um, the new generation, the Gen Z right. and the millennials. Right. So, you know, we come from a different generation, like you talk about when HIV when it was eight, 
when the right. breast cancer, you know, is talking, right. you know, determining right. AIDS. And then you right. talk, begin to focus on HIV testing and everything. Right. And in the last 10 years, we show a shift from, you mm -hmm. know, in terms of treatment, you mm -hmm. know, as prevention. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about the new millennials and we're focusing on that group of Gen Zers, I know we have Brianna on. She's a student at Alabama State. Mm -hmm. And how does it, how do you all look at it? Miss Williams, Miss Brianna, how do you see it in terms of how do your group see it and what you're seeing as you work in this in this arena in this work in HIV and on the college campus? How's it viewed? Um, I always say it was different for me. I graduated from Alabama State in 2021, but my mom was working in prevention, mm -hmm. so I would be, you know, she would be calling me, "Hey, can we get on campus? Can we do this?" And I was in so many organizations that I was pushing it for them to come on campus. So it's kind of hard for me to say how it is on there. I know the students are open to it. So once it's brought to their attention, once um, prevention and outreach is actually in their face, they're seeing the facts, they acknowledge it. And most of them don't mind being tested mm -hmm. at that point. Um, but like you said, it goes back to like the old, the old data. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people saying like, okay, it's a death sentence, you know, mm -hmm. they don't know that there's medicine that can make you undetectable. That's they right. don't know that there's prep. They don't know if something happens that you have helped to bag you up. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the information that needs to kind of be pushed out um, a little more mm -hmm. on college campuses because they don't know the options that they have and right. they don't, the new things, they know what we see on TV because t television is not in the media is not saying like, okay, you can contract HIV. But there's resources that can keep you alive. There's resources right. that make you live an everyday life. The things right. that on TV are saying like, okay, I have I've contracted HIV and it's turned into AIDS. Now um, the next thing I'm doing is planning my funeral. Right. Um, so a lot of them get scared, you know. So I think um, on the college campus, just from recently being there and working at outreach and actually growing up with a parent that does outreach that the wrong thing is being pushed, you know, on those campuses. Right. That's but, so wonderful. Know, You're talking about those prevention. Yeah. Things. Even when getting on campus, a lot of people, um, and my lingo will be the old heads, a lot of the older, <laughs> campus, they don't want, they don't want to see like five rises come. They don't want to see, um, the AIDS organizations come. They, they think it's something that they should be, from you know the students or keeping them away from thinking that it's going to make them you know more I don't want to say they're more acceptable at catching it but they're mm -hmm. not getting the tools that they need when we're coming on these campuses or the organizations that's coming it's kind of like moving around like you have to know somebody to know somebody to get this information on that campus that's great that's great uh, and I love what you said about the commercials on TV we are seeing more commercials about prep right? A prevention tool. We're seeing more commercials about newer medicines for HIV. Not that you have to take a thousand, a lot of pills every day. You know, you can even take an injection every other month. So that sort of uh, uh, cuts down on the uh, disconvenience of, you know, what it used to be like. So those newer meds, but, but, but the translation to our community that's what I'm saying. When you look at those commercials, they're not eye catching. I don't see. I don't yeah. see on those commercials where I know prep is for me. You know, mm -hmm. they try to. Um, I don't want to say sell it, but they try to stick it to a certain crowd, and it's not reaching everybody. And mm -hmm. you know, 
even with some of those crip commercials, just as a black woman, if I see two white men, I'm going to change change the channel. I don't know it's worth it. I don't know that I need to listen to that. But I also know that I've ta- been taught that if you listen to the commercials and then you get at the end of the commercial, that person is talking really, really, really fast. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to hear these things. A lot of those commercials are doing that, where they're talking so fast, but the person is not getting the information that they need. Mm-hmm. They're not knowing that this is okay for me to take, or this is actually to prevent HIV and not for somebody that, you know, has it. Those are the things that I think the commercial is missing. It's not um, tailored towards, you know, the young age. It's not tailored mm-hmm. towards Gen Z, millennials. It's, mm-hmm. it's not letting them know that it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. even with me working as the prep navigator, when I talk to people my age, the first thing they say is, I don't want anybody to know I'm on it. And I'm like, why not? Mm-hmm. Brag about birth control. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think Mr. Rico wants to add something and probably about what y'all are doing yes. on this day to really engage uh, those college students and really uh, educate and empower them. Um, just to piggyback on what Bria's saying about the TV commercials, mm-hmm. and it can also seem a little bit misleading depending on what commercial um, the viewers are seeing. So you have um, two versions of PrEP where you have Travada and you got Discovery. But Discovery is not approved for cisgender women. Mm-hmm. So that's the only commercial that I'm seeing and it's promoting PrEP. I'm going to think PrEP is not for women right. and that there's not a, um, an alternative medication that can be suited for cisgender women. So I just wanted to highlight that as well, that's that um, the commercials can be a little misleading if you don't have that um, knowledge in your back pocket. So and how much education can you do in 30 seconds? You know, um, that's that's where you come in. It's so wonderful that y'all are having these events on this important day to really raise awareness. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about those events? Um, so I'll talk about the um, event that we're doing on Tuskegee, and I'll let Bree talk about the one um, we're doing on Alabama State's campus. So um, as we stated uh, previously um, in the discussion, we do have um, some campus ambassadors um, we have one on Alabama State's campus and two on Tuskegee's campus. So um, on February the 7th, we, built, we will be in the bioethics building in rooms 71-205 from 11 a.m. to 1. And we'll be offering um, free HIV testing um, in that room, as well as doing education and bringing awareness about the day um, on Tuskegee's campus and Bree can tell what we're doing on ASU's campus that evening. Uh, So that evening we'll be doing our Nightcaps program. Um, Nightcaps is a woman empowerment group. We plan to run it from August to May, leaving the summer months for us to be planning, um, moving forward. But we'll be able to go into the Bessie Estelle dorm. They have students aging from 17, I think she said the oldest was 25. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll come in be able to play a few games the goal with nightcaps is not to just sit there and <laughs> make them think they're in a college class let's let's educate let's educate let's educate you take a mm-hmm. test pre and post test it's to get them in there have activities for them to break it down like last night we had our first nightcap session where we played um a game of kind of like charades but it was just different phrases that black women are known to say um and then we had to in like prep and pep and they watched the video 
but they had to act out these things without saying it. So just getting the knowledge in them in a fun, um, wonderful. way where they can know like, okay, this is cool, this is fun, and I might be able to tell the next person. But also knowing when Bree comes in the room or Sharika comes and Zoe that I have a friend, this person works at Five Horizons. So if I need these resources, I can reach out directly to somebody and know I have a safe spot. Or like my mom and them have been a brave spot where I know I can say what I need to say and know I don't have to be judged for knowing wanting to know this information. That's I mean it sounds fun, just the name nightcaps. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to come to that event? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to come to that event? And that's wonderful that you're wrapping around the education with the fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also a, an opportunity to probably for people to open up and really talk about the real issues. Because, you know, we're talking about sex. We're talking about drugs, which are the risky um, behaviors. Those aren't easy topics to talk about. Even with Black, black women with HIV and the stigma of just being a Black woman is mm-hmm. if I talk about sex, that means I'm just, I'm grown and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hotty tighty in the pants. So a lot of them are, you know, they're sheltered and they don't want to talk about it and they don't know that they have these resources. So I think it's a big thing of having fun with it, knowing that I could talk about like one of the words and it was so funny. And I think I have a picture of one of the girls with it on their forehead was horny. You know, what's on her head that you got people something you got people trying to say this but it was fun it was mm-hmm. they leave our room knowing it's okay to talk mm-hmm. about this it's mm-hmm. okay to pick up a pack of condoms it's okay to say hey i messed up i might need to go see if i qualify for pills. that's fantastic that that's is fantastic. fantastic yes that's fantastic i even love the fact uh sharika that you're doing testing on college oh, campuses right because you know what every campus ain't gonna let you in there to do testing yes uh, yes, still a lot it, of stigma around it. Yeah, it um it helps when you have um those campus ambassadors, um mm-hmm. but also just partnering with um different organizations on campus that are open to receiving the messaging. Um, on ASU's campus, Nurse Bell has been um a great ally to have. She allows us to come on campus. Um, they were just there this um afternoon in the mobile unit, so she allows us to come once a month and provide um, HIV testing to the students on campus. So it really helps when you have um, people um, who support the work on the college Mm -hmm. campuses that um, don't make it difficult or challenging for us to kind of get our messaging and just really be a resource to their students. Because at the end of the day, we just really want to be a help um, to make sure those students are educated and they, they do know where to go should they need services or condoms or whatever they may need or sometimes like Bree said just a friend who can who can talk them through a tough situation um we just want to be all of those things for students so um go ahead Pam go ahead ahead. I just want to ask her to expound on the ambassadors what's their role on the campus um for sure um so the campus ambassadors are five horizons employees um they're just not in-house so they might come um in the office maybe one or two days out of the week but their role is to engage with students so they're trained and they're equipped to be um just like Bree would be out in the field 
Um, so we make sure that we train them and they're educated on everything that we would talk about. But they also have those supplies on hands because a peer might feel a little more comfortable talking to someone who's in their age bracket. So when they're hired on with Five Horizons, they do get trained so that they can have, they could come on come on your um, broadcast and answer any questions that y'all might have. Yes, we'll yes. So they're empowered to do the work um, on their college campus, but they're just a younger face. Well, how many do you have, like, how many do you have on the campus, each campus? Um, there's two on Tuskegee. Um, we have Sydney and um, Tanaya. And on Alabama State, we have Micah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And I like the word oh, again. And we have one on Trenum's campus. Oh, um, Trenum's campus. Okay. We have Derek um, on Trenum State's campus. So. That's oh, fantastic. That's fantastic. And again, it goes into the theme. You engage in the engaging. Engaging, engaging educating, and empowering. Right. Yes, yes. And, and then the fact that you are at these HBCUs yes. is so important because, again, we're disproportionately affected. Right. This is about us taking care of us. Right. I, right. I like what you said, Brianna, about it's hard to be a Black woman in America yeah. today. Yes. That ain't changed. That ain't nothing new. Always been. Yes. And it continues. Like it continues. The saga continues. But the fact that we are we are trying to take care of each other. That mm -hmm. whole Black HIV Awareness Day is about us taking care of us. And that's and all we have always done since yes. we've been in this country. Take care of each other. The, the collective. If right. I eat, you know, I'm from Montgomery, you know, and I remember. I, it was just taking care of each other. Everybody took care mm -hmm. of one another. Your families, you know, you take care of each other. You take care of community, you know, people in the community. But the and, taking care, but the taking care was feeding each other. Yes, exactly. Disciplining each other. Yes. But now it's got to be about educating. Right. Each other. And still, you had the education piece because even I remember um, when civil rights happened and voting rights happened, mm -hmm. and I remember my grandmother talked about how they talked about how she would go out and. She, you know, educate the community people in the community mm -hmm. about the importance of going out to get registered to vote. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Great yeah. analogy. Yes. Great analogy. So my brother's my you my you're not my enemy. You're my sister. You're my yes. brother. Yes. Yes. That's fantastic. Yes. That's fantastic. Anything else you want to tell us, Sharika, about what Five Horizons is up to? Um. So we will be definitely um busy in the month of um, February. We'll actually be on Tuskegee's campus quite a bit, um, which is great. They have quite a few things going on uh, pertaining to HIV testing. Um, mm -hmm. They have a spring health fair that we'll be participating in along with COSA. Um, they extended an um, invitation for us to join them. So we will go on campus, I believe. The, I don't have my calendar pulled up, but we'll be on campus, I believe, um, February the 13th. Mm -hmm. at um, Tuskegee's Health Fair. Um, we'll be on Tuskegee's campus uh, for another health fair. They're doing a lot of health fairs on wow. um, Tuskegee's campus. Mm -hmm. um, and we plan to participate and provide testing for all of them. On Saturdays, on the third Saturday of the month, you can find us in our mobile unit off of Troy Highway and mm -hmm. um, Evergreen Estates, which is more okay. of a um, Hispanic um, mm -hmm. community. I didn't know y'all had a mobile van. Uh, yes, ma'am. So wow. we have a mobile unit. And nice. um, 
We try to take that out as much as possible. So when we are on campus, we're testing the students in the mobile unit. That's fantastic. Um, That's fantastic. Do y'all sort of intermingle? Do some of the students from or the ambassadors from Tuskegee come to ASU and vice versa? Um, so they haven't been on each other's campuses um, just yet. But when um, we do have events in Montgomery, they do come up to support each other. So they have mm -hmm. worked um, side by side with one, one another. But as far as um, them going on campuses, um, no, not, a, not just yet. We hope okay. to do something in the, um, in the spring where they kind of can do that. That's, that's good. They're collaborating and supporting each other. Yeah, um, great. They... Um, they are a close-knit unit, um, which I was glad to see. So um, they do kind of collab with one another. So it's a good fit. Um, we hope to continue this program um, in the up-and-coming years with the ambassadors. So. This, this is, is this funded by a special grant, Sharika? Uh, 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 yes, it was written into um, a particular grant. So um, that's what their salaries are paid out of. That's so. fantastic. Um, we hope that it proves that it works and we can continue um, to have ambassadors next year. But this is something that the Northern region has always done, um, but it's the Southern region's first year in doing so. So okay. Okay. I think it's very successful. This, this isn't a part of the EHE uh, ending the HIV epidemic, is it? Uh, no, it's not. It's Something else, okay. This is, uh, they're our uh, sponsor uh, support. They support this uh, radio show. We have an EHE, uh, uh, I guess the category is innovative uh, um, uh, um, programs category. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And um, before we conclude the program today, I just want to ask this question. I know we get, I would like to get deeper into any issues that you're having uh, with prep and testing on the college campus, we maybe can have a part two of this because we're timing um, to talk about that and how do you work through those as it relates to women um, in testing and prep. And I know, Sharika, you've done a lot of work in prep um, and um, as it relates to women. And is the message do we, is there more work we need to do different? messages, different approaches, um, you know, do we need some campaigns? Um, if we see, I know Dr. Foster, we did a show on the uptake of prep among black women, African-American women, how we found that, um, what what do we need to do in terms of that? So we could, you could talk briefly about it now or we could, you know, do a part two. <laughs> it's whatever y'all want. Um, I think just continuing to have these conversations is what we needed. Um, Bree is our new prep navigator, so she okay. would be yeah. um, a great addition to have on your mm -hmm. show again. Yes, I can continue the conversation, but I think just continuing the messaging, um, allowing people to have uh, comfortable, honest conversations around it, I think that will help versus trying to just shove it down people's yeah, throats, but allow them to express their concerns and get honest feedback and also um, talking to other women who maybe are currently on prep and they can share what their experiences is or their reasoning for getting on prep in the first place. I think it's more received when it's that friend or someone who looks like you is saying, hey, I take it and this is why versus 
someone who doesn't look like you or it's a white man or a white woman who mm-hmm. populations really aren't being affected by it you're not likely to receive that message in the same but if someone who looks like and you trust their opinion um, it might make you reconsider or at least investigate what they're saying on your own and research to see if it's a good fit for you so I say continue to have these conversations and I know Five Horizons is definitely on the horizon (laughs) (laughs) hit 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 with the name on on making prep uh, prep accessible and anonymous Mm. Um, so they definitely they have I know they have a uh, mail-in sort of program uh, where they mail the medications and that you can also mail back uh, your um, your specimens for follow up and et cetera, et cetera. So you don't have to go to the doctor so much uh, for follow up. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because that I think that's so fantastic, and that will probably increase help increase the uptake of uh, prep for our community, particularly for women who who have been lagging behind the men. Um, yeah. So I think the program you're referring to is um, Mister, um, mm-hmm. and that's where you don't. Basically, everything is online and you're linked to um, a provider that's near your area. And if it's us, Five Horizons, you might have a remote visit with a a physician. But as far as all of your labs and specimens that they need to collect every three months, Mm -hmm. you're mailed a kit to your home and then Mm -hmm. you send the specimens back. And um, you can either go to your local pharmacy and pick up or you can have it mailed to your home. So um, I believe that's the program you're referring to. Yes, how cool is that and how accessible? That makes that much mm-hmm. more accessible for um, people to get the that important prevention tool. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and I think we can lean on this and we can do a part two because to talk about one, what's the resistance? Why is there resistance to it? And talk about from your work and working in the communities, working with different groups, what's the resistance to the, to it? And so we can do that on part two. But I think that would be a good conversation to start to 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 start it on the next show. What's the resistance? But I think Sharika kind of uh, mm-hmm. alluded to it a little bit. Most people have no knowledge. Oh, in lack of education. Okay, you can't get it if you don't know about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's you know, with it being yeah. Being new to them, being scared, mm-hmm. especially like in blacks, like I think that medicine has traumatized. Um, if you look at like Tuskegee and syphilis, mm-hmm. like people mm-hmm. are scared that this mm-hmm. I'm the, the test dummy and I don't want to be the person that it messes up on. So just knowing mm-hmm. that it's safe, well, well, um, well, so new, it's experimental, right? That's that, experimental, that, yeah. But Sharika. I mean, the other thing is, have do people that, that and maybe people talked about it, but they really didn't understand it. I think um, that can be a um, that can be an issue, and then I think misconceptions. Mm-hmm. Like some people think, like with um, just an example, flu vaccine, you get a watered down version of the virus. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think you're getting a watered down version of the HIV virus if you take the pill, and it's the same concept. I've, had women to say that and that's not true Mm -hmm. so I think the more we give accurate information in ways that people can really understand we don't have to talk above people's heads right for them to get it but just make sure that they're getting the accurate information and then they begin to pass it within their friend circles 
and know where to get it and then create um create um good experiences when they come into the clinic you can't make a, a person feel away when they come in for your services either you got to make them feel like you want them there um and that's something that we definitely try to do in uh wellness in our prep clinic to make people feel welcome and safe to tell why they're there and how we can help them be better. So I think it's a, um, it's a wraparound effect. It's, it's many things that got to get touched on for us to see better results. So um, there's a lot of work to do in my opinion. You said it's a lot in there, Farika. Yes, yes. There was a lot in there. Yes. So true. <laughs> yes, yes. Interesting. Yes, yes. So yeah, That's we lot, definitely got to come back for that. That's a, I mean, this yeah, is an interesting But it's topic. a lot of different entry ways for uh, mm -hmm. people to have negative experiences. Right. Starting from, you know, hitting the door at the clinic, yeah. to the receptionist, to the right. doctor, to the health educator, uh, all of those uh, pieces, they all have to align together. Yeah. 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 Yes, mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. well, we have it, listeners. National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day, February 7th, um, with Five Horizons. They're hosting two, three, did I say right? Three, two, three events. Two, two. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about three like in Trenum. So two events, <laughs> Tuskegee and Alabama State. And so for more information about the events and the activities, who would the listeners contact, um, Sharika? Um, they can reach out to um, Brianna Williams, Bree Williams at fivehorizons.org, or you can pop in and see her at 3050 McGee Road if you should want to talk about PrEP, um, HIV testing, rapid HIV testing, or STI testing. Um, Bree is always a smiling face, and she's going to mm -hmm. greet you and just make you feel comfortable. Um, there's no bad question um, that you can ask her, so... If you didn't get the answers on this show, um, definitely pop in and see Bree. And if you don't see Bree, you can see Zoe. If you don't see Zoe, you can see Terrell. Um, there's always going to be a smiling face waiting to um, greet you and answer any questions. But we can definitely attest to Bree's smiling face. Yeah, <laughs> I'm <laughs> watching her. <laughs> so we yeah. definitely can give that testimony. Yes. Thanks yes. so much. Any other parting words, either one of you? Um. If you haven't gotten tested this year, please um, don't wait another day. Um, it doesn't have to be February 7th to come and see us. It can be any time. We would love um, to inform you on your status and just educate you in any way necessary. Or even if you just need supplies, um, come and see us at 3050 McGee Road, and we would love to be a service to you. Thank you, Sharika. How about you, Bree? Parting words? <laughs> um. I'm always here. I have an open door policy, and by the time you leave, you'll be laughing. <laughs> and, come and no, notice we we tagged on to your nickname. Your real name is Brianna. Just, yeah, but everybody tagged on and start calling you Bree like we know you. Yeah, <laughs> I just you know come. I I laugh with Sharika all the time. Say so I love to talk, and I mm -hmm. talk your ear off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I we have, would love to have you come back and talk. With I have some yeah. people that come almost every two weeks and get tested just so yes. we can have conversations. So just, you know, come. It's best to get tested every few months. So we're always here. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, both of you, for coming on the show. We want to welcome all our listeners to another episode of A Woman's Worth with me, Dr. Pamela Payne Foster, and my other co-host, Rashonda White. 
A woman's worth is being informed. A woman's worth is being educated. A woman's worth is being aware. A woman's worth is knowing how to prevent uh, and to have optimal uh, uh, prevent disease and have optimal health. So we just want to also uh, 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 give a our website address, a woman's worth.info uh, uh, for you to listen to this program and previous programs and also visit a woman's worth health and wellness on our Facebook page to complete a survey. In addition, we'd like to thank our uh, sponsor, Alabama Department of Public Health, HIV AIDS division, ending the HIV epidemic. Again, thanks uh, again for listening and take care.